0: All right, well, uh, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us this morning. We appreciate your love and mercy and goodness. God, how you have spoken to us, uh, God, and given us this, this word to, to hold to down through the ages. God, and, and today, what we pray is that you would speak to us as only you can do. Uh, God, I, I pray that you would uh, organize these thoughts. God, that, that, I, that I have about these Scriptures, God, and that You would say what You want to say, God, in a, in a way that, that is coherent, God, and and fits what it is that You are wanting to say this morning. God, we just we praise You this morning, we glorify You, open our ears and our hearts yes. to receive, God, is only You can do, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Go with me to Isaiah 59. It's nice to be here on Sunday morning. Last Sunday morning, about this time, Mike and I were sitting in the airport in Dallas. We'd been up since before 4 a.m. And uh, I was, uh, I think I texted Cynthia about six gifts in a row that were all some variation of on board. You know, when you're like, you're too tired to go to sleep, or maybe, I don't know. It's, I can't just go to sleep sitting in a chair in the airport. It's too weird.
1: <laughs> uh, but
0: uh, anyway. Uh, 59. Yeah. By the time Mike and I got back to Ottawa at like one thirty or so, it was, you know, when you've been up that early, it's just kind of like, I hate everything. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: it's been several days, you know, hanging out with your best friend away from your family. It's kind of like, okay, I've had enough of you. So... <laughs>
1: I mean, I can't speak for
0: me, but that's what he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the poor guy had to get up, and there it was at the office the next morning. Son of here he is again. Okay. So, uh, Isaiah 59. Uh, you know, this is such a familiar portion of Scripture, and I'm not going to hang out here for a really long time. But, uh, you know, we, we go through difficult things in life and tough things happen and you know for whatever reason it it varies the the reason for them and um, you know last night I was was telling the Lord you know I I really could take a lesson from my son in going through hard things because uh, you know Levi goes through these tough things that he's going through and he's he's cheery and and happy and like the neighbor kids were over yesterday. They they showed up at my house before I was even up in the morning, and they're all there. They were there most of the day, you know. And they're like the youngest one is still in diapers, and she, you know, mom, mom just sends her down there with the other older two, and uh, but she's climbing all over Levi, and you know, like you know, as only someone who can climb on you does, you know, smashing his his guts and everything. And he was just, you know, he didn't say anything. He just dealt with it. And and he was like letting her sit with him and watching the show together and stuff. And he was like making a fort for her and all this stuff. And he's miserable. You know? And I was like, wow. I was looking back at my week. Because my, my week was not the greatest. And I didn't deal with it the greatest either. So, uh, unfortunately... Uh, unfortunately, I, uh, I'm apparently funny when I get mad,
1: <laughs>
0: and and so uh, my expressions of how unhappy I am make everyone around me laugh, which kind of fuels the whole thing into like a vicious cycle. But so uh, here in Isaiah 59, uh, uh, I'm going to just. I mean you you really right, read this whole thing it's where we're at in our in our nation today sure uh, yeah um, and yeah, how about uh 15 uh, yea truth fails and he that departs from evil makes himself a prey well that's for sure yeah right. People think it's weird that you don't want to do the same stuff they do. Uh, people in the in the church think it's weird that you don't want to do the you don't want to go to the big conferences and and uh, get all excited about the smoking lights and, and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, uh, and the Lord saw it, and it displeased Him that there was no judgment. And He saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, His arm brought salvation to Him. And his righteousness it sustained it. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation upon his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing. He was clad with zeal as a cloak. You know, Of course, we're you know, talking about Jesus here. And he says, according to their deeds, accordingly he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay, recompense. And we always, we always, uh, it's easy to forget that uh, um, and we we go through tough stuff and we think, well, that's just my due. That's just how it's just how it's going to be. You know, we're like uh, we're like the guy on Fiddler on the Roof when uh, when his uh, his horse goes lame and he's like, sure this too. That's what I've come to expect from you, you know, and. <laughs> But But God said that vengeance is his, and that he will repay mm-hmm. you know we we see people get by in our society with all sorts of terrible things it's like I can't believe he got away with that. It's like no, he didn't because there there's a great white judgment throne, mm-hmm. so that there's there's still uh there's still a recompense to happen there but but we forget that God God's not like a a sadistic little boy pulling the wings off butterflies when you go through tough stuff. He's He has a reason for the things that you're going through. He has a reason to let you go through those things because he knows it's good for you. Because he knows that he can't have an army if you've never been through anything tough. You're not going to be much of a soldier. And uh, And it places value in the relationship with him. Because... You know, it, it weeds out the good time in friends. Oh you know, and uh, you know because if uh, you know if if you're like the guy that hangs out with the hangs out with God because he's the rich kid with the pool and the nice car, then when things get tough, you won't stay with him, mm-hmm. and 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 he'll be sad that you left, but but he'd rather have the people there that that want to be there. Yes. He'd rather have you be there because you love them. So, you know, and when I read verse 18, you know, I think about uh, Psalm 18, when, when David's talking about going through these things where his enemies are closing in around him and talks about uh, that a smoke came out of God's nostrils and that, that like the mountains were melting at his presence. And we forget that when, when we, we cry out to God that his reaction is really like that. Not at us, but because someone dared touch his precious. So I I, I saw this uh, I saw this thing recently that I thought was really funny. And I think I shared this last time I was up here. But uh, you know, the term "mama bear" is a really nice way to say, "I'll tear you open and eat your guts if you mess with my children." <laughs> and, and I thought, wow, yeah, um, I like that. You know, and. Uh, and so, you know, God has uh, a rather protective mama bear attitude about us. So, so, and sometimes we forget that when we're going through tough stuff because it feels like, you feel like the kid who's, you know, his dad's teaching him to ride his bike and it's like, you're still holding on, right? You're still holding on, right? You're still holding on, right? And then when you realize he's not holding on anymore, ah! you because know, it, it feels all scary and unsupported now, but. But, but God knows what He's doing when He puts us through these things, because it actually teaches us to trust Him more. So He says, "So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west, His glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him." So this is one of those things that we we quote it all the time, you know, and and it's and it's a it's a good thing to quote. Uh, and so, I dug into it a little bit. I thought it was interesting because this word "flood" is more like uh, a river you know and so I mean if, and uh, so I think flood is a good word there because you know the thing about a river is it 's not water that 's sitting still uh, you know depending on the size of the river and, and the strength of the current, uh, you could get carried away in a river. Uh, and in a river or a flood, there's all kinds of unpleasant things you could hit while you're being carried along by the water or could hit you. Uh, so, uh, and the enemy does come in like that because it's, he, he comes at you all, uh, you know, all uh, bluff and bluster and and uh, tries to intimidate you. And so I like how he says the Spirit of the Lord should lift up a standard against him. And and, and really this, this lift up a standard is actually all one word. Uh, it's usually translated to flee, but but it also means to put to flight or turn back. And so, so you could say this when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will turn it back. And and so, uh, and of course we know experientially that's what He does. You know, we go through tough stuff and it feels like you're just going to be, you know, overwhelmed, and, and God turns the enemy back. But So I got to thinking think about that word standard, you know, that idea of lifting up the standard. Uh, you know, because that's something that, especially in the, uh, you know, in ancient times and, you know, in the medieval world and things, the armies would have these standards. You know, if you've ever watched, I don't know, Gladiator, for example, the Roman legions have those, like, big things they would carry around. It's got, like, the eagle on the top and the big deal with all the symbols and the... Uh, the uh, Roman numerals and stuff on it. And that's a standard. And that's, it's like, that uh, everybody knows where they belong because they have the standard. They, they see the standard, that's where we're supposed to go. And it's like a, a rallying point. And, um, you know, like the Roman army again, for example, was, was so disciplined and organized that nobody could stand up to them. Um, and that's part of the of that strategy is these, this standard that this is where this is where we're gonna go, you know, and uh uh of course, you know, battles have a tendency to be uh not so organized and, and confused and, and all that. And so, you know, you'd always have some guy, you know, that his his forces are getting scattered and disorganized and he you know gets the gets the big flag or whatever and he's like waving it around and you know, so everybody can, you know, figure out you know where they need to be. Uh, so go with me over to Exodus 17. Um, I'm going to talk about a banner here, and this is not the same word as the uh, you know that he used there for the for the standard. It's, it's very similar, but it, again, not precisely the same word. So in Exodus 17, in verse eight, he says, "And then came Amalek." And fought with Israel and Rephidim. You know, and uh, Amalek is descended from Esau. We seem to keep running into Esau. It seems like every every week, somewhere or another Esau keeps popping up in, in, in the in the Word. And so, this is this is the first battle that they've really encountered uh, after having left Egypt. And it this essentially with family. It's so like this is with their you know, ugly cousin Mo. And so it says Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and rested him. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us out, men. Go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Um, so this rod, this is the same rod that Moses was holding in his hand. This is the same word as when, uh, when he met God at the burning bush. And God said, What is that in your hand? He said, It's a rod. So he tosses it down, becomes a snake. He picks it up, becomes a rod again. Uh, so, so this, you know, the, this rod is the, is the word of God. So he said, I'm going to go up on top of the hill. I'm going to stand up there with the word of God. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and they put it under him and sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur had stayed up his hands, the one on one side, the other on the other side. And his hands were steady till the going down of the sun. So this battle is going well for them when he's, he's lifting up this, this rod. He's, he's holding up the word of God. And, and this this battle against Amalek is going well. And when he lets it down, when, when you when you have the, the the word of God as your focus, the battle seems like it goes an awful lot better, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Because if you if you let your focus slide down onto uh, how big and hairy these guys are across the way, it, it's really a lot more discouraging. Then and and uh, and and then suddenly you get weak in the knees and you think uh... you turn into uh, you turn into Frodo at Weathertop and you just kind of you know throw your sword on the ground and scrabble away on your backside um, you know or I was watching that with my kids and they're like well that was stupid <laughs> and I was like well yeah it is but you know fear will make you do that but uh, anyway. Um, and so, you know, obviously, just from a totally, you know, prosaic standpoint, Moses can't stand there all day long, you know, with the with the thing up, you know. I mean, he's not Louis Zamperini, but um, uh, so so he sits down and these guys support him, you know, and and which is a, of course, a blessing because uh, we we do that for one another, you know. We, we go through tough stuff and he... Man, sometimes you go through really tough things, and it feels like you're just all by yourself. Feels like no, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. You know, and or you know, or if they know about it, they couldn't possibly identify with it, or or that they're too caught up with their own problems, or or you know, whatever. But but really, that's what the body does: is we we band together and And over time, we actually learned that, yeah, actually, I do have my own problems, but rather than focus on my problems i'm I'm gonna help you with your problem. I want to get focused on on the the solution to your problem, which is is lifting up the word of God and and lifting you up and supporting you and in doing that, it's like, hey, well, my own problems just sort of seem to go away because while I'm doing that for you, you're going to do that for me, and and God gets done what He gets done. You know the, uh, it's really cool. You know when they talk to the, you know the uh, veterans, you know the of the uh, the wars that the United States has been in and stuff. They talk about you know, yeah, you know it's really moving when you see the flag and and all that stuff, and it's, it's really important. Um, you know uh, everybody's. That's why the the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima was like such a uh, an iconic thing that was so important and and it's still like a super recognizable you know like just image in, in American culture. Um, he's like, but you know you weren't really fighting so much for that as you were for the guy next to you because you cared about him and you and, and even like you see if you've ever seen Band of Brothers. They talk about how you get these new guys that they were like replacements and they would come in and you didn't they didn't want to get attached to them because they were probably going to get killed. And so uh, but you would see that when they would actually, you know, once once the bullets started flying, then all their attitude about the replacements went away And, and they were all on the same team because they all had that American flag on their shoulder. And they and it's like I'm going to fight for you. You're going to fight for me because who's going to who's going to protect me on this side if somebody gets you, and who's going to protect you on this side if, if I'm not here? So I love this verse in verse 13. Excuse me. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. I like that word. We don't you know. It's a shame English has just become so diluted. Yeah, you know, Mark, Mark Rutland talked about how you know California is the place where English is going to be destroyed, and uh, <laughs> he talks about how he was at this this big uh, he ministered at a high school somewhere, which is you know almost unthinkable in California of all places. But these guys were he's, he's they were so touched by the message, and they were telling him how he was the baddest preacher ever, and he's like, in my lifetime, bad has come to mean good. And he's like, and then this other kid comes up. He's like, no, man, you ain't the baddest preacher ever. You are one sick dude. And he's like, you can only imagine my, my level of personal affirmation. But so he's like, you know, I, like, I set out a goal when I was young to be a sick dude. But uh, you know, and, then, and it just goes on and on and on. And it's like, I don't know, but you, you hear slang and you're just like, where did that even come from? Man, that is all
1: what the heck does that I mean, I know what it means,
0: but why? Where did that come from? Anyway, you know, you know, in English we kind of reserve the right to make words mean whatever we want them to. And, um, you know, discomfited is a good word. It's, you know, if you want to really kind of catch the, the modern meaning, just pronounce it like you were in the South. Discomfited. You know, and, and that's more or less what it means in modern English to be uncomfortable and and or embarrassed. See, I should have had Sherry come up and tell you what that means. (laughs) She could have have pronounced it for you flawlessly.
1: So, but, you
0: know, what it meant when they translated this into English was to defeat. To be defeated in battle. To be destroyed. Um, But I like that modern connotation with it because not only have they been defeated, but they have been embarrassed like there's nothing like you know beating somebody and really racking up the numbers and embarrassing the heck out of them maybe that's just me (laughs) like remember the titans run it up herman leave no doubt Um, so the lord said to moses write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of joshua for i will utterly put out the remembrance of amalek from under heaven and Moses built an altar, and he called the name of it Jehovah-Nishi. And he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Of course, Jehovah-Nishi means the Lord is my banner. And so I was thinking about this Scripture when I was reading the Scripture in Isaiah because it's not the same words, similar. This, I mean, this is kind of its own little word here because it's been turned into this name of, of this altar here. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's precious to think that, that, you know, God is, is my banner. God is my rallying point. God is the, the flag that I carry into battle. Um, and, uh, verse 16 is really rather interesting because, uh, uh, because it says, because the Lord has sworn this Lord will have war with Amalek, uh, uh, the marginal reading, if you've got a Bible like mine, is actually a bit closer to what the uh, what the Young's Literal had. It says, "Because the hand of Amalek is against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation." So, um, you know, I, I like I like this this thought of God as warlike. You know, maybe maybe not so much the you know the white blistering robe and the bathrobe. You know, the slippers and stuff, but like, you know, combat boots, you know. Um, I kind I don't know, I kind of picture him with like a red beret on one, you know, cut off to one side. With a, with a cigar. He just chews on it, but he doesn't, he doesn't smoke it, because. You know. uh, go with me over to Numbers 21. You know, you know the Bible says that uh, you know that a uh, merry heart does good like medicine. And uh, I tell you, what, I, I felt so so bad all day yesterday, just absolutely horrible, emotionally and physically. I just I just wanted to just you know put that blanket up over my head and just let make the world go away. And uh, in the evening. Uh, well, of course, you know, it was one of those days where Cynthia was busy all day with the, the neighbor kids, and then then they were gone all day or, uh, to do the Bible study, and shopping, blah, blah, blah. And I'm home with Levi, and, you know, we were both just kind of sitting there like,
1: oh,
0: you know, how you do when you don't feel good. And, uh, I don't know. We, just having everybody home for one thing was like, oh, <laughs> so nice to not just, you know, the two miserable people be alone together, but, uh, uh, but you know we uh, we were reading this this kids book together, uh, Hamster Soros Rex, and you can only imagine with a title like that how amusing this book is. When actually, somebody's like, "This? Did you write this book?"
1: <laughs> because the guy is like, I don't know, he's got a
0: his sense of humor is a lot like mine, and so I mean, we're reading along through this book and just laugh, 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 you know, just having a really great time. Until Levi's like, oh, stop making me laugh. It hurts. You know, and, uh, you know, but I'll be darned if that did not help an awful lot, you know. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just have to laugh at stuff, you know, and, you know, because I think some of the things that, you know, even when we go through tough stuff, we take it too seriously. You know, like we, we took Levi to uh, uh, Overland Park Regional Medical Center because they, our, our doctor found a GI specialist there that would see children because uh, apparently, you know, children are not humans, so not everybody will see them. But uh, uh, but we took him there, and it was just the Lord because this doctor like paid attention and he was like asking intelligent questions and thinking outside the box, and he uh, he got like three tests done and got results in less in like two hours, and uh, um. And so, uh, you know, we, it's, we're still not there yet. We still need God to do something. But uh, definitely a step in the right direction. And I told Cynthia, you know, because I was having a really rough day that day. And I was like, see, that's where we went wrong. We should have just taken him back where we got him. You know? Like, I don't know if he's still under warranty, but you just take him back to the store. You know?
1: Like, what were we thinking?
0: It's like, you know, refund or exchange, You know?
1: It's like this gets broken. And I won't want one to. <laughs> no. no, you have to pry Levi out of
0: my cold, dead fingers. Precious. Um, but anyway, um, so sometimes you just you just gotta laugh. But um, so in Numbers 21, this is the first place that this uh, that the word niece or nace actually is how it's pronounced is. Appears, which means banner or standard. So again, this is all these this, these words. This lift up a standard. Uh, the Lord is my banner. These these words are all related to this word, some like form or other of it. I'm certainly no um, Hebrew grammar scholar. So, too Jeff wasn't here. When he first came I, I, there were so many Jeffs at church I just thought of him as Hebrew Jeff because I didn't know how to keep them all straight but um, of course he also had that like venerable looking beard and you know kind of he looked like he should be wearing like a leathern girdle and like eating locusts and wild honey but um, <laughs> I don't know you, you think anybody went out to the went out to Jordan and you know John's out there preaching something Because you read that, it's like it's a leather belt. It's like, but anyway, <laughs> so in Numbers 21, you know, if if you want
1: to, <laughs> okay, um,
0: you, know, you know, one of the the best places to one of the best things you can do when you're going to study something is go back to the first place that it appears. Um, and so, obviously, Exodus is before Numbers. Uh, but, but the actual word nace, which I think is there's about 20 or so instances of this word in the Old Testament. This is the first one here in Numbers 21. Um, so he says in, in verse... Uh, well, let's read. I'll start from the beginning. Uh, and when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver this people into my hand, I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord heard the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites. And they utterly destroyed them and their cities and called the name of that place. I always like hearing about God's people winning battles. Um, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. Here it says, Edomites again. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And actually, the, the, the marginal reading there is grieved, but I like the word discouraged because sometimes we go through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. places that are you, you feel discouraged because of the way. it's You know, there's, there are things that um, sometimes you just have to, there's no way around them or, or even over them. You know, it's like, well, I can fly, right? It's like, well, yeah, but there are some things you're just going to have to go through them. And um, and it's easy to get discouraged because of the way. Uh, I don't know, like uh, you, you plug some address into your GPS and you look at where it is and how long of a drive it is and you're much discouraged by the way. It's like, this takes me right through downtown Kansas City. Ugh. It's like, go not that way. <laughs> this way leadeth unto destruction. But... Anyway, uh, so the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. And if there's one thing that we learned from the Old Testament is that God does not like a whiner. You know? And I I grew up with the uh, with the old phrase, you want any cheese with that wine? And, uh, I was a whiner. I'm still a whiner. I'm, I'm working on it. But, uh, uh, yeah, Cynthia and I were talking last night. She's like, well, yeah, you were just, when you worked for Kevin, you were just a get in there and get it done kind of guy, weren't you? And I was like, oh. well, yes, but I didn't do it with a good attitude. It's like, I, I, I was going to complain and gripe and moan about it all day long. And, let Kevin know of my displeasure at his decision making and leadership, and uh, and if he wanted me to do something a way I didn't want to do it, by God I was going to do it my way. You know, it's like I I was the kind of employee that I I now would, you know, I don't know, do something. On play. I, I would stick Mike on them. So. So I know how this stuff works. So anyway, and oddly enough, uh, it's uh, in, in our modern culture, it's like a, a thing that Jewish people like to complain. You know, you'd think they would have picked that up from here that that's a bad idea. But, uh, and the people spake against God and against Moses, wherefore have you brought, up, brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. And that would certainly make you feel discouraged. Uh, When things don't seem to be going your way. I said, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, and we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it on a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and he put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So this word pole is that word nace, again. A banner. This is the first place you see that word. So, so I, I like this, you know idea of going back to, well, talk to me about this banner, because God has this standard that He lifts up to uh, to turn the enemy away, and, uh, and here it is, the serpent on the pole. So uh, just briefly, I'm just going to skip over into John and read you just a couple things there. probably know what I'm going to read in John chapter 3. for the sake of time. I'll keep this brief. Of course, he's talking to Nicodemus here in, uh, in uh, chapter 3. and in, uh, in 13 he says, And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, so, uh, go with me to John 12. So he has this, this, this banner then. He carries this idea over into the New Testament. Of course, Jesus reads these stories in the Old Testament and recognizes that that's him. Um, yeah you know, and uh, an interesting thing uh, 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 to point out about the uh, the serpents and the serpent on the pole and everything is it, it never says anything about God taking the serpents away it said it, it said that when they if, if if anyone was bitten when they looked at the serpent on the pole then then they were healed so um, you know, God leaves these giants in our land for us to to wrestle with because it forces us to, to rely on him and to trust him and and come into this place where uh, where we get our, our answers from him uh, and in, in John 12 uh, uh, he's getting ready to be uh, crucified this this uh, this is one of the the more or less the last time he addresses people publicly uh, before uh, uh, Passover or at Passover. And, And in verse 27 he says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. And there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And the people, therefore, that heard it or that stood by, heard it and said that it thundered, and others said, An angel spake to him. And Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sake. For now is the judgment of this world, now the prince of this world will be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to me. And this he said, signifying what death he should die. So So what a what a banner. You know, and you know and the great thing about you know, we started out talking about this, you know, God lifting up the standard in this sense of like, I don't know, when I read Isaiah 59:19, I kind of picture myself like kind of hiding behind his robe like, no, oh, that's right, you know, and, and God's got like the standard up, you know, um, and, it, and it has this sense of like just withstanding what's coming, this idea of him lifting up the standard against the flood. I just kind of picture it all just coming at you. But that word really does have the sense of of actually turning the enemy back and and uh, and 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 uh, sending and packing, which is is far better than simply um, enduring because it's one of the dangers that comes with going through difficult things is we have this fatalistic attitude about it that well this is like 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 the guy on the little of the roof well, this is just my due. Because yes, the hard stuff is going to happen to you. That y- you can count on that. But you you do have a choice about how you go through it. Do I simply endure this, like, um, you know, sitting politely through a salesman's pitch, or do I? Because <laughs> you know, that is who knows that's not terrible, but um, or is this an opportunity? For me to uh, to trust God and for Him to to work on my behalf and and show Himself strong and uh, which uh, I mean who knows that's not awesome so but the other thing about the standard about this this standard of of the the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is that is that you, we carry it with us into battle. We're, we're not the, the church for a long time has kind of taken this defensive, hide behind the walls and uh, and hope the boogeyman doesn't come over the hill kind of attitude. And yet we have we have this banner, and that we that, that God would have us carry forth into battle with Him in the lead. So Jesus, we just thank you. Uh, For your word to us, for your faithfulness, God, we just pray that today you would do in us as only you can, God, that your word would accomplish in every heart exactly what you want done, God, that you would uh, minister to every need, answer every question, uh, refresh every soul, God, we pray it in your name, God, today I I just ask you to be with us in this place and get done exactly what you want